Welcome to another episode of An Echo of Glory. Today we preview the season start with Ali Tweedale, stats analyst. We talk about Brentford with Jay Harris and we talk a little bit about Tottenham, of course. James Madison, Harry Kane and Angeball. Welcome to another episode of An Echo of Glory. Joining me once again, John Wenham, a.k.a. Lily White Rose. Hello. Hello. And Jake Sanders. Some people ask, call you Jake too, but Hello. we can work that out. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, good, good. Uh, right, we're going to start, as we always do, with club news. Uh, and I'm going to start with the Women's World Cup. Because, again, I owe an apology to Beth England. Well, Serena Wiegmann. Uh, Beth came on in the round of 16 against Nigeria, scored a penalty. England are through. She's now the only one left standing in the tournament of Tottenham players. Becky Spencer, Drew Spence, Rosella, Ayane, all gone home in the round of 16. So England will play Colombia in the quarterfinal, and I think they'll beat them. You watched Stand, that? Did, did you see it? The standard of penalties was unbelievable. Well, the first two were poor. From then on in. From then on in, I mean, Chloe Kelly. Chloe never, Kelly, Beth England's was, was pretty yeah, good as well. and someone else smacked one into the top corner, yeah. Rachel Daly. Um, so let's hope England go on, and we've got something else to talk about on that regard next week. Uh, to the men's team... Two deals done this week, John. Uh, Mickey van der Veen and, again, my Spanish ain't great, Alejo Valiz from Rosario yeah. Central. Um, look, we've been talking about the need for a centre-half for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we finally got one in. Delighted. Mm. Um, he's somebody that ticks a lot of the characteristics we were looking for. It adds vital height to the team with him being six foot four, <clears throat> Serious pace. Um, you're talking about a player that recorded a speed of the fastest in the Bundesliga defensively last season. Um, when you think that you know Alfonso Davis is in that league amongst others, that's highly impressive. And if we're going to play such a high line, if we're going to play a high line. He's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, the question will be how soon can he start? I would love to throw him straight in against Brentford. I think any preseason he's had, you throw him straight in. Yeah, I think any preseason he's had with Wolfsburg is better than the forty-five. He'll minutes. be fit. Yeah, but he's played he... three games for Wolfsburg. He's played three games for what? There you go. So that's is he? The... Is he? I know. You know, he's yeah. a professional footballer. He can just go in and do his job, but. Yeah. This Ange ball. Sometimes throwing him in is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, I think throw him in. Okay. Against, you know, it's not against Ivan Tony, which could be a disaster yeah. for somebody. Well, we'll in. talk about it later, but we did yeah. struggle with Brentford's pace. Yeah, we did. So let's bring in yeah, possibly the, the quickest defender we now have. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited by the signing. I think he also has leadership skills as well, from what Ange was saying. So I just think he ticks every box of the club. Nice six year deal, so we can really build around him being the core of this Tottenham defence with Romero for a number of seasons, hopefully. And I think it's a really, really smart piece of business. We were linked with another player from Torino, another Dutch defender, Scher, I think his name yep. is. Perchers. Whether he comes or not, it's interesting that we go down the Dutch route because these guys, I think Scher was, was trained at Ajax. I'm yep. not 100% sure where yes. Van der Veen was brought up. Uh, Volendam, I Volendam. think. These guys, these Dutch players specifically, they're taught to play on the ball. Yep, and that's yep. going to be Total so football. important. Yeah. Total football, exactly. And that's going to be important for Ange. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, you know, if we can get Scher's in as well, and if he is of those same characteristics it means we can chop and change we also have to be aware that Romero historically does miss a lot of football he's not around every week yeah he's not around every week he loves (laughs) a holiday loves a holiday (laughs) so uh, yeah so we need some backup certainly and centre forward sign Alejo Valis I don't know anything about him really last week I think I'd watched one video now I've watched a couple scores goals he's bigger than I thought I mean only 19 but seems good in the air he's obviously going to pay third fiddle to Kane and Richarlison if Kane stays May go out on a championship loan, maybe. It's good to see we're looking for looking to the future. You know, no no fan, you know, probably outside of South America knows a lot about him. You know, yeah. he's, he's only played 50, 60 games, but yeah. it's nice to see us 
looking for the future, yeah, some sort of European loan would, would, would do him well. But it's nice to see that we're, you know, thinking two, three years ahead and not just making, you know, here and now signings. It's been so long since we had a replacement for Kane, whether he stays or goes, if he doesn't yeah. play every week. We can now call him on Charleston or maybe we can call him yeah. Valise. Just on the signing of Valise as well, it follows a trend of each summer picking up one exceptional young foreign player. So you've got, uh, obviously, Udoji last season, Papasar the season before. And it's certainly a trend that seems to have been brought to the club with Fabio Paratici to snap up those exciting youngsters, although Velez will be the first one that hasn't returned on loan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I still think a loan for him would be sensible. You don't think he'll go into the 21s? No, I just think they've got too many strikers there already. Um, so, I, I could, a loan within England would, would be absolutely ideal in terms of learning the culture and the, you know, the style of play we play in, in England. Uh, the mass exodus of three players uh, <laughs> continues. Joe Roden reportedly reportedly off to Leeds. Winks and Moore have gone. Um, we've got a ship. We've said this again for eight weeks in a row. We've got to ship some players out, and maybe that's starting. Thirty-eight first-team players at the moment. Is that including the new two from this the, week? The new two, yeah. yeah. Thirty-eight. Um, it's absolutely obscene because you know we've heard other managers. Potch was one at Chelsea. Um, Arteta and Arsenal have both already mentioned that squads of 30 are unworkable you know and we've got 38 and I know people have said to me and I put that tweet out oh but you're counting Harvey White and you're counting Brandon Austin they use the first team facilities they use the first team gym they've they been use on the first sub benches look yeah. I'm sorry they're there yeah. whether you use them or don't use them or classify them or whatever they are there and they're a body on the pitch so we need to move people out the door I find it Really poor, I've got to be honest with you, that again, the Football League season has started last weekend and we haven't got a single loan That's a good out. good point. There's How have we not there? got a loan out? Liverpool have got seven. Yeah. Getting experience, playing. Yeah, Jack, you've worked, on, uh, that you've worked uh, with championship clubs and seen it. Throughout the season, it's full of Premier League players. You're, it's a good point from John. Why haven't we shipped someone out? I mean, you, all you need to do is look at Ollie Skip, you know. Everyone, you know, see, see how well we did at Norwich and, you know, mm. he came back at, came back at the start they've not always worked out you know Troy Parrott struggled Dane Scarlett was a bit hit or miss last season as you say someone like Harvey White how Harvey White is not playing in at least League One is criminal yeah uh, but for Tottenham's sake I just feel like the Niall John loan and how that went has really damaged the kind of feeling of getting players out on loan and I think just remind really... people what so, so, so Niall went to Charlton on loan uh, managed by Johnny Jackson at the time Chris Powell sort of took him down there for the photo shoot and encouraged him to make the move and and uh, it was set out that Niall was going to play and, and play a lot, but they had already a certain number of players on loan, which meant they couldn't name so many in a matchday squad. And very often he found himself as the odd man out and just wasn't playing. Right. So having been promised to play first-team football, he then didn't feature whatsoever and was playing in their under-21s playing a league below ours. So it was a complete and utter waste Pointless, of time. Yeah. But, you know, we say Dane's got... Dane's got played 40 times with Portsmouth last year. I'm not interested in whether, you know... Oh, he only scored eight goals, whatever. He played 40 minutes, senior men's minutes, football. Massive for him. When he came on the pitch against Shakhtar, mm. the finish was phenomenal, yep. but he also looked massive. Yeah. He, he'd grown up over that year, and that's as important as the goals you're scoring, is how you develop as a human, uh, you know, and, and grow from a, a academy football into men's football. So I think the loan system is vital. I always go back to when we had a period where we were so good at loaning players, and we had four on loan at Yeovil at once. Now, these are boys that were 17, we had Kulka, Mason, Abika, Townsend. Three of those four went on to be four England internationals. We I did look the same at Orient as well. Orient, you know, Kane, uh, Carroll, uh, Townsend. You know, so uh, we've done that before and it worked so well for us. Mm. So, so why can't we go back to that? And I look at someone like Ashley Phillips now. He has to go back out on loan and yeah. keep developing, yeah. right? Yeah. And even if that's the League One, because at Blackburn, I know he made 14 appearances, 
but he needs the constant 30, 40 game season. If he goes to a top end League One club and plays week in, week out, that's ideal. Mm. So you cannot trade anything for men's football. Yeah, you cannot. Under 21's football for these guys is a waste of time. Graveyard, mate. It's for, for, you know, 16, 17 year olds. It's a waste for these lot. Yeah, uh, Jake, one thing you mentioned before we came on air as we record Wednesday afternoon is the League Cup second round draw tonight. Welcome to the League Cup second round draw, Tottenham Hotspur. You also pointed out that we could get Chelsea away, <laughs> which would be Spursy, wouldn't it? I don't think we've been in this round away, for what? I couldn't tell. I don't you. even remember. No, a long time. I think 2000, maybe nine ten was the last time we finished outside of, outside of European places. I, I'm going back to a, a 6-0 win away to Oldham with Anthony Gardner, oh, Gardner fly yeah. from distance. Yeah, we long old time. We don't want Chelsea away, do we? Because it's, it's regional, isn't it? In the in the yeah. second round, Sutton at home would, would do nicely. Well, got a friendly place for Sutton. That'd be good. Scott, Scott Cashcat. No, Joe oh, right. Kizzy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so that's to look forward to. To look forward to. I, do you get nervous in draws? I yeah, always get I really them. nervous. I hate them. I look at the, I look at the worst possible draw and <laughs> yeah. convinced that we're always going to get that draw. Yeah, I always know Arsenal's number, not our own number. It's weird. Yeah. It would be weird. I don't. Have we ever had a draw without Arsenal in it? Like at this early? No, I would imagine not. I'm just trying to look up Champions League draw. Oi, oi. <laughs> I think I think I think it was I think it was nine ten. We in two thousand and and eight nine Champions. we didn't we didn't finish in I think we finished maybe eighth or ninth. So uh, you were in the Champions League. Looking at this, this is a very quick look. Our last second round tie. Doncaster or Preston? Yeah, we got a couple of five ones, weren't they? Crouchy in the yellow kit. I think it was one of them. Doncaster, 9 10, we won 5 1. Yeah, God, who remembers Grimsby? 1 0. Yeah, yeah we lost. I do, I yeah. do. Anyway, that's to come tonight. Uh, since we last recorded, we've played two friendlies. Uh, 5 1 win against Shakhtar. We'll start with that. Fairly easy game, John. I thought Shakhtar were pretty poor, unsurprisingly. Obviously, with the issues they've got and their league been decimated and they haven't got a massive squad. Uh, I actually thought we were better in the second half than we were in the first half. Um, and Postacoglu alluded to that as well, Kulu and Son especially. But how did you feel when Kane was banging in those four? Because I was with my kids and my wife, and he scored the fourth, and my little girl who's 10 turned around to me and said, why aren't you happy? And I was just like, I, I don't know if this is the end. Yeah, um, there was certainly a lot of feeling, you know, some people feeling that that was the end. But as the days have progressed, he's still a Tottenham player. Yeah, we'll come back to that. We will come back to that um, again. But, but no, I, was, I was delighted to see him score those goals. I really was. And I, and I think for him to be in a team now where he's got Kulovetsky, you know, laying on free assists in one game, he's got Madison, who was phenomenal. phenomenal. Quick feet, you know. He's going to win us a few penalties, actually, with those quick feet. In Let's the talk about Madison, because we've had yeah. him a few weeks. We've barely talked about him on any pod. First time I'd seen him, obviously, in the flesh in a Spurs shirt. The most creative player we've had since Ericsson, other than Kane, yep. doing the job for Kane. Ain't it great to see it, someone like that? It feels like, I hope I don't jinx this, but it feels like this is, the, the, I can't remember the last time we had a player in where you just, you know they're going to do well. Yeah. It, it just feels point, so yeah. guaranteed yeah. that he's going to do well. You know, I don't know how many goals or assists he'll get, but he just, he just, he seems like he's fit, fit like a glove, just walked in. He looks like an absolute postacogly player. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Kane, but surely, you know, yeah. see that, I don't know if it was the second or third goal, he's going to thrive off that kind he of is. service. Madison has been... A revelation in terms of how quickly he settled into the squad. We've mm. heard Ange say that he's seen as a leader already. Yeah, captain Leicester a, a bit. Yeah, and he's a you know he's a character. When yeah. the going gets tough, mm. he 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 did when we beat Leicester last year six yeah. two. That he he came out for that interview. I don't know if you remember and spoke to yeah. Sky. Brilliant. Yeah. He yeah. feels like a bit like Leicester's Harry Kane. You know, we'll wheel him out yeah. for those kind of tough interviews. Yeah. 
So I can see the leadership skills for sure. Yeah, it looks a top player and a top man. Who else impressed you on Sunday? So Sunday, um, well, I felt more than impressed me, I was quite surprised by Hoybier's inclusion. Now, you know, we'd heard a lot of talk about this move to Atletico Madrid. Will he be going, will he not be going? The fact that he started that game tells me that Ange sees a bit more in him than maybe a lot of fans think. Yeah, I'm not sure about that now. Well, well As know, in, I agree the point. I'm not yeah. sure if he's the man for the midfield now. He might not be, but Ange might be looking at the squad, having spent time with them, and think, who are the leaders here? Oh, Who's going to stick many. with me when it going gets tough? I know it was only a friendly and half the team were probably yeah. off at this point, but when Kane went off, Davies took the armband. Yeah. Because uh, we talked maybe it would yeah. be Romero, but we weren't sure. It'd be skip, went past him and gave it to Davies. Yeah. It's a question we've asked on here a few times. But do you play someone just because they can no. be captain? No. No, but I think, you know, tough opening away game. Do I think there's an, a chance he plays Hoybier? I, I think there is. I genuinely do think there is. I think he will know we're going to be, you know, new style of football. Uh, you know, he hasn't gone yet. And I think his experience, the fact that the guy's played 145 times for Tottenham since he signed three summers ago. Um, I, I could see him being involved on Sunday. I really do. Before, I still think he will leave this window, actually. I think Athletic Madrid will finally come up with something. But before that, I could see him being quite heavily involved. Jake, you didn't, you weren't there Sunday, but obviously you saw it, but you did watch last night. I actually forgot we were playing until I got a load of messages saying we won 1-0 down early. So I put it on. Wow. The next 40, 40 to 45 minutes of that first half, phenomenal. Just on Sunday, I thought Adogi was, was, was brilliant. Obviously, he's raw, but we've been... You know, we've been crying out for a left back since Danny Danny Rose got that injury six years ago. So, yeah. you know, as I say, I know he's young and he's raw and he needs time, but he looks really, really exciting. Just, just on you, though, do you, I think it's fairly accepted amongst Spurs fans that he's going to be our starting yeah. left back this yeah. season. I think so. Um, which is very that exciting, many options. isn't it? I mean, we're talking about revamping the team. Well, we're going to go out at Brentford, potentially, with a new goalkeeper, yep. a new left back, yep. and maybe a new centre back. Yeah, That's quite yes. transformative. That's what we want. Yeah, it really is. And last night, Jake was. It was impressive. The, result. The, the, the biggest thing for me was is the fact that you know we made eleven changes or ten changes, not including the goalkeeper, and it just felt like it was maybe not not as at the same level as as the first team, but it was the same sort of you know the same sort of attitude and the same sort of tactics, and that there wasn't it didn't even feel like there was a massive drop off. You know, this was Barcelona's pretty much strongest team with Lewandowski and Rafinha in, and, and you know we yeah. played them off the park in the first half. John, from your perspective, the kid at Barcelona, the yeah. 15 year old. I've seen a picture of him today wearing Spurs trackies, by the way. You, did you? Yeah. <laughs> he posted there was a picture of him and Messi. He must yeah, have been, he's only I've 16 now, so he must have been. Lamine Yamal, who basically yeah. sent Reggie on for a pint at half time yeah. when he did him on the half on the turn. Yeah. Unbelievable player. Yeah, looks looks fantastic. And, and it was no surprise that we made all those substitutions. They made a few too, but that was effectively their first team, maybe one and a half. Yeah. It was no, and our players, as Anne said, were dead on their feet at the end. It was no surprise. It's annoying to concede three goals at the end. It, it was annoying because they deserved more from that game. I wanted yeah. those Tottenham players to come off the pitch, having as a minimum drawn that game, because they worked so bloody hard. Mm. And a lot of players that have been totally decimated to sort of zero value stood up for the shirt and, and, and did us proud. So I was really sort of, you know, I felt frustrated at full time that we'd let in those late goals. Any concerns on the goalkeeper? I think the jury's still out for me. I don't think he's done anything majorly wrong. It reminds me, uh, I'm not saying he's at this level, but w when we had Galini, it felt like m most yeah, shots went in. And it, and it, feel, it feels like, I I'm not saying he could have done anything about any of the goals last night. And, you know, obviously Shakhtar's goal as well. But it just feels like a, everything goes in. Yeah, that's it, it, it reminds me slightly of, of De Gea's first season, I hope. 
the Gaia came in, he was clearly a talented goalkeeper. He just needed, you know, physically get, to get used to the Premier League. There's obviously a talented goalkeeper there. Yeah. Um, he could really do with a, an easy, you know, a free ride in the first three, four games. A couple of comfortable no, no, saves, clean sheets. An yeah. early mistake could kill his confidence. Yeah, just on that, I mean, he's he's not once yet played with the same back four. So yeah. Every single preseason game we've been mixed in Manchester. Tanganga started the first one. We've yeah. had Sanchez, Davis. Um, so I'm really looking forward to him playing with a settled back four. Um, and judging him, you know, sort of after 10 games or so. Um, someone who didn't play Sunday, uh, sorry, last night, or Tuesday night, but did play Sundays, of course, Harry Kane. He's still here. Yep. Is he still going to be here at the weekend? Who knows? Probably, because we're running out of time. Depends who you believe on Twitter. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, how are you feeling about this? Because, I, again, I said weeks ago, I keep changing my mind. I'm still changing my mind. I still don't know... What Levy's thinking, no one does, probably apart from Levy. If they get to that, whatever that figure is, and he says yes, is that it? I mean, Kane may still turn it down. I think that figure has slightly changed now. I think a few weeks ago when we were talking about this figure, the figure was 100 million. It seems to have gone north of that now. And do I see Bayern getting into that? Not by the weekend. And if Kane has made it in his mind that he's going to stay if it's not done by the weekend then I, I do see him staying. They're running out of time, aren't They're they? running out of time. I think he's made that up and he's, you know, he's made his mind up. They've also not handled it well, have they? I don't know how much buying a feed into the media, but whilst the English media have been very quiet, maybe because they don't know what's going on, the German media on this has just been ridiculous. It, it feels desperate. We all saw the the guy, you know, basically begging Daniel Levy to it. It just yeah. feels desperate. It feels yeah. a slightly embarrassing on their half. You know, it just feels like that they're not used to dealing with club like Spurs and Daniel Levy they used to get in their own way and they're not getting their own way and, and you know this is how they're acting I, I've really enjoyed the fact that it's a club that are bigger than us trying to take our best player and somehow it's been spun that we're as Tottenham yeah. fans now taking the mick out yeah. of Bayern supporters yeah, we're under control yeah. it's just phenomenal like how yeah. has this happened the Oliver Twist you know please Daniel will you tell us tomorrow <laughs> like it's just insane yeah it feels uh, uh, it feels late now it feels very late you know, Thursday, Friday, Spurs will be preparing for Brentford. Well, and I know, I know, he's, I know Kane set this deadline up, but it felt like it had to be done at the start of the week. You know, it's not going to happen on Friday, is it? It's, Tottenham it, historically love dropping bad news on Friday nights. If you remember all those stadium delays, the, the, um, this, this would be well, this would be the worst of any of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels look. You know what? They could they could end up meeting the asking price and accept, but it, it just feels very late by this point. There are some people you read social media who say it's an easy decision. If they were Levy, it would be an easy decision. I wouldn't sell Kane. I don't think it's that easy a decision for Daniel Levy. You think it is? I, I'm of the opinion that we make as much money as we've been offered now just by having him as the figurehead of the club in terms of marketing, advertising, partnerships. Even just for one more year? Even just for one Because more year. we could get in the top four. And then if we get in the top four, which may be five this year. I'm Worth 90 million. Yeah, getting in the group stage, it pays for itself. Yeah. So for me, for someone that didn't cost us any money, if you're looking at it on a spreadsheet point of view, it makes no sense to send him. Don't get me wrong, I want to squeeze every single game out of him and he could yeah. get another 30 but goals, but... Also, it's a massive dark cloud on the eve of the season. Yeah. Imagine, you know, the feeling going into Brentford and Man United and just sold Kane. Oh, it would be... It would be hell. horrific. On the, yeah. the, the home game against United would just be something else. Yeah, but then imagine if we beat United. Well, with him. Without him. Without him. Just imagine. The kind oh, of we euphoria. beat City without him. Yeah. 
Imagine the euphoria right. of the new era, and that's. Mm. What, I don't even. Think I don't. Oh, yeah, ima- okay. I don't now you're talking about it. new eras. Yeah, I don't want to imagine. The other thing that. is, not imagine that. Kane's Sorry. been so professional. Obviously, went round and did his clapping, and everyone was like, "Is that him clapping for the last time?" No, he does that every week. Yeah, he's been so professional. Kept his head down. There's no forcing the issue here. Like I say, I'm not a hundred percent sure with the baby on the way. I've said this before, and people think it's nonsense. I'm not a hundred percent sure he wants to go there now. He. It, it feels like to me. He's relaxed. Why would he not be? Yeah. You know, he's playing for his boyhood club. The worst case scenario is he plays for us for a year. And he cleans I'm up sure he wouldn't summer. be overly, overly happy to leave on a free because he'd want, you know, Spurs to get a decent fee for him. But why would he not be relaxed? You know, he'll be sitting there thinking, if Bayern Munich bid and the bid's accepted, if he wants to go, I'll go. And if not, I'll get on with it for a right, year. So let's keep him, offer him a new contract with a release fee so that we get some money for him and everyone's happy. Apart from Bayern Is Daniel Munich. listening? No, apart yeah. from Bayern Munich. All yeah, right. just uh, uh, for Bayern Munich's sake, though, if they miss out on him now, and when the options open up in January, which they will, because on a free, do Real Madrid have a, no. a chat with his agents and stuff like that? I think Harry Kane is that good. And when they've lost Benzema this summer, um, are Bayern Munich still as exciting? I don't think they are. No. I think they go way too much. It's now or never for it Bayern is. Munich. Bayern Munich, they've got a... If they want it, they've got to push the bunny out and, and make it happen. They've sold Mane. They're maybe going to sell Pavard to Man United. Mm. Uh, they've, they've got to go, from their point of view, they've got to go for it. Obviously, I hope that we will turn that down. So just moving on to Sunday against Brentford, season opener, how are you feeling, even with or without Kane, how are you feeling going into that? Fairly confident. I've mm. got to be honest. I've been so impressed with the, the pre-season form, the feeling around the club, the morale. Um, I, I'm feeling more confident than I have on our previous two trips to Brentford. Jake? I'm looking forward to it more than I'm confident of getting a result. I feel like, as you know, Ange, Ange has traditionally not started well, and it feel I'm not sure what to expect. You know, I, I could I would not be shocked with with you know a Brentford win or, or a three 0 Spurs win kind of thing. It feels very, you know, on a knife edge what what, what these opening few games just could give. On the Ange not starting well. So three of our first four games are away. No one else in the league has that. Our home game in that period is Man United. And then game six, we go to the Emirates. If this doesn't start going well quickly, we might find ourselves rocking up at the Emirates. Two points, eight games. Well, you know, uh, imagine our support at the Emirates. If we, if, we, if we have our usual, you know, we're 3-0 down before we've started. Yeah. It's not going to be looking good, is it? So, so we, need, we need to get something out of these first couple of games. We really do. Right, well, let's take a little look, a deeper look into a little bit of last season, a little bit into how Postacoglu is going to play and, and try and twist that all into how we're going to play this season with someone who knows all about the data. Let's do that now. Delighted to be joined by Ali Tweedell, football data journalist for Stats Perform, better known as Opta. So, Ali, Ange Ball ready to be released into the wild that is the Premier League. Things are certainly going to change from the last three managers. You wrote recently a great piece on the analyst site. Uh, one of your subjects was how long until the players get used to Ange Ball. How do you see that panning out? Because it looks from pre-season that the players are already adapting. Yeah, um, I think they're adapting pretty well, um, the early signs indicate. But um, one thing about Postacoglu is that he's very, very uh, passionate about his style of football and sticks by it, whatever happens. So early mistakes are kind of uh, just part of what comes with with Angeball, as we, <laughs> as we should call it. Yeah. Um, so I think like it... 
it, these are players who should be used to playing like that or should be able to play like that. But it, that's arguably because these are players that should never have been playing the kind of reactive football that they played under Correct. Mourinho and Conte. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they will adapt better than other teams might who are used to playing like lower block football. Um, but I still think that it should, it will probably take a bit of time. Um, Postacoglu likes his teams to play possession football. Um, Spurs have just had their lowest possession in a Premier League season since 2004-05. Um, it's the first time they've had under 50% possession in a, in a season since then. Um, but as I said, these are players that should be dominating games, dominating the ball. And so I think that's why in the early in, in pre-season, the early signs are that these are players that can take to that kind of uh, that kind of football. Similarly, um, Postacoglu likes his teams to press high up the pitch, um, and Spurs have players who can press high up the pitch. They didn't do it very much last season. Spurs had the fewest high turnovers in the Premier League in uh, the entire campaign last season, but they actually ranked first, joint first, in fact, for goals following high turnovers. So they can so do it. Me, they can do it. To me, that suggests that Spurs have players who can press high, and when they are asked to do it, they do it very well. Look at the goal that Harry Kane scored after Hoiberg won it um, against City when we won 1-0 um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, when they do press high, they are very good at it. So that is another indication that these players might not be used to playing that way. They might not be used to playing possession football for the last few years. They might not be used to pressing high for the last few years. But these are players who can do that kind of thing and they should be able to adapt to Postacoglu's style. Um, I think... The uh, inverted fullbacks, which is a quite a specialist position, uh, which is definitely something players can learn. Carl Walker learned it in his early days under Pep Guardiola pretty well. Good players can do it. We've got technical players like Udogi and uh, Pedro Porro who should be able to. But if you look at how Arsenal were transformed by Zinchenko arriving, it is a, like when you get someone who's good at it, who knows what they're doing in there, it can really transform a team. So I think that might be something that takes a little bit longer to get used to. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it it's something that, it's a style of football that could suit uh, a lot of these players, but just arguably because they shouldn't have been playing a different way as they were under uh, Mourinho and Conte. Ali, just coming on to the different style of play and how quickly Tottenham players may be able to adapt. I mean, I've been incredibly impressed by not only the performances we've seen in pre-season so far, but how even the so-called B team that we saw at Barcelona last night continued in the same vein as, as our first team players. And we've seen performances from the likes of Davidson Sanchez um, that we haven't seen for a number of years. Do you feel like even players that are maybe, you know, were heavily linked with moving away from the club now probably want to stay and be a part of that? I'm thinking of the likes of Ivan Perisic as well who looks phenomenal in this new advanced left-wing position. Yeah, quite possibly. I think um, a lot of uh, what has been said about Postacoglu by his former players is how positive an atmosphere he breeds at a club and how he wants 
to, he shows belief in his players. So he asks them to, to do things because he believes that they can. And so I think that will have sort of transmitted to players like Davinson Sanchez, who will now feel less like he's under pressure and cannot make a mistake. Mourinho was all about do not make mistakes. The team that makes Mourinho's famous thing is the team that makes the most mistakes is always the team that loses. So you don't want possession because then if you uh, lose, if you have possession, you're more likely to make a mistake. And someone like Davinson Sanchez, who uh, we know is capable of making mistakes, that's not going to breed much confidence in him. So maybe he just needs, there's obviously a good footballer in there. And as we saw against Barcelona, he can, he can play like that for Tottenham. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there is a sort of something there in in just sort of confidence in these yeah. in these players. Yeah. Well, it's so much about coaching and two players that I think we all want to get back to form of maybe eighteen months ago, Son and Kudusevsky. How do you see their roles under under Postecoglou? Because they were, and even Son admitted it himself, they were pretty poor last season. Yeah. Well, injuries played their part for both of those players. So I think that's. It's not an excuse because every club has injuries. Every player has to deal with that kind of thing. But that that will have played a part for both those players. Um, I think what's interesting about those two is that under Conte at the end of the season before last, we saw how good they can be uh, in transition. Yeah. So they can both be brilliant players when there's space to attack, um, attack into. But we've seen Son for years at Spurs playing in teams that weren't only reliant on transitions or sort of mainly reliant on transitions. This is in a in a possession-based team that he likes to get what he likes to play in teams that dominate dominate games. And the more we see of Kulusevsky, the more we see he wants the ball to feet and he wants to um he wants to get on the ball. And I suppose he was uh getting on the ball less often than he would have liked under Conte, particularly towards the end. And in the early stages of Postacoglu, not going to make too many sweeping judgments from pre-season, but you see that he's receiving the ball more often. Mm. Um, he's just uh, a big part of the, the attacking game. Um, and one thing that Postacoglu, Postacoglu likes is his wingers, He's got links to the City football group and like Man City, like Arsenal, they like their wingers to go really, really high and wide. And they they provide the width. The, the fullbacks come inside and the width is provided by the wide players. That means that they're more likely to receive the ball quickly. You can get the ball to those most dangerous players because they are in space earlier on. Um, and Tottenham's, we have a stat here called absolute width per sequence, which is a horrible name but basically what it what it says is uh is how wide the further the players that were furthest away from the center line of the pitch um each time the your team gets the ball it's the width that they provide um and tottenham's was the lowest last season in any season oh, yeah. since we've got data but that's only the last seven seasons but still, that kind of shows um, sort of if teams attack on the transition, they're more likely to have less width in attack because when they when those players receive the ball, they want to be closer to goal so that they can get to goal as quickly as possible. If you have more possession, your wide players are more likely to start wider. And I do think that 
those two players are players that like to have that space to run into. Son's good at getting on the ball, cutting in fields, having a bit of space to sort of almost build up ahead of speed. Um, and I think having that extra space would suit Kulisevsky more. So I think that the wide players are really, really important in Postacoglu's system. And I do think that he uh, he will ask a lot of them, but they should they should respond. I also think that the signing of Solomon should put a bit more pressure on Son, who is, has basically been undroppable for yeah. Uh, yeah. a few years because there hasn't really been a properly good alternative to him. Um, and I think Solomon might be that, maybe optimistically. Ali, one player who, just listening to what you've said and reflecting on it, one player we haven't seen this pre-season but sounds absolutely perfect for what you're saying is Brian Hill. Now, he is somebody that loves to hug the touchline, you know, really far down the wings and deliver deep crosses. Do you could see him kind of re-emerge? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know what's going on there because there's clearly a talented footballer uh, there. Um, I don't see why not. I think currently he's the second best option on the right wing. Um, can't think of... No, it's not many. Anyone else? Well, Porro could play there mm. at a push. Porro, yeah, Porro could play there. And actually, um, in previous jobs, um, Postacoglu has played one of his wide players on their natural side. So a right footer on the right side or a left footer on the left side. So you get a sort of imbalance in attack, one player coming inside and one going around the outside. Right. So Porro could be an option there. Um, but, I mean... I'd like to see Brian Hill given another chance. He's obviously a talented player. Um, I don't know if that will happen. Ali, we've obviously been targeting you know a top four finish ahead of the last sort of ten or so seasons. Right now, what do you think the expectations will be? Because you know that feels maybe a bridge too far on, uh, at this point. You know we've obviously not seen us in competitive games under Postecoglou. But what do you think will be considered a good season for us? Um, well. I personally, I just want to, uh, speaking as a Spurs fan, mm. I just want to enjoy watching yeah, Tottenham again. Spot on. Um, we, all, we all do. Yeah. So yeah. I think I've, I'm ready to sort of be patient with, with the project and, uh, as I mentioned before, see the mistakes that come with learning this new uh, way of playing. Um, he Postacoglu has had slow starts wherever he's gone because he's so committed to this style of football that when things are going wrong early on, he just sticks by it. But well, things go wrong because people have to learn an entirely new way of playing. Um, he lost three of his first seven games as Celtic manager in in the league. So that, against some like that's not going to go down well. <laughs> but yeah, which and and he got absolutely slated for it and in a press conference he said he couldn't believe uh he was kind of shocked that everyone was getting on his back and sort of asked calling for him to be sacked he was saying i'm only seven games in this is something that takes a long time so he's he's going to know that it could take a little bit of time yeah. and he's not going to panic i just hope that the fans sort of see that and so with that in mind i kind of think that um any kind of top six finish would be a would would be a success. Um, there's just so much quality in that top part of the Premier League at the moment. And I do think that things could start slowly. And it's just something that needs a bit of patience. Um, I said in, in the piece you mentioned 
earlier, Johnny, um, this isn't too dissimilar a situation to the one that Arsenal found themselves in when Arteta took over. They had a team that finished eighth. They wanted to change their style of play. And there was a lot of overturn of, uh, of players and it, it took time and it took patience. So I think it, it could be something that takes a little while, but, you know, uh, I'm, I've got time for it. <laughs> There's one last question, Ali. Um, the big elephant in this room is Harry Kane. How do we play without him if he goes? But if he does stay, how does it, I mean, Harry Kane can pl probably play in any system, but how will he fit into this Postacoglu system? Yeah, well, um, I think it was interesting on uh, in the Shakhtar game um, how much more he was in dangerous areas. And one difference with this system is that when we were playing 3-4-3 three, three, and there were only two central midfielders, um, Harry Kane was always needed to drop into midfield and create a three um, because there was... There weren't numbers in there. In Postacoglu's system, he likes his striker to stay, stay high and central. He's got his wingers providing the width and he's got his centre forward providing a sort of focal point in attack. And Kane did that more against Shakhtar. As you said, he can adapt to any system. He's incredible, would do, would do anything. Um, and having him in those positions, you saw the result of it. He scored four goals, could have probably got another two. Um, so I think that is the difference and that is possibly why uh, if Kane was to go, Richarlison wouldn't be as catastrophic a downgrade as he would have been in Conte's system because Postacoglu is happy for the centre-forward to stay as the yeah. centre-forward and then he gets his support from number eight, whereas for Conte it was all about Kane dropping in and Son running in in behind okay some hope because <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, about we've, it's, we've got to be positive we have to because I'm not sure about Richarlison but I agree that you know he can be that uh, sort of fox in the box that creator of chaos in the penalty area and you know he could score look we all hope that Harry Kane stays um, Ali great to talk to you great to get that in-depth analysis and we'll, we'll definitely catch up with you uh, during the season but really great to have you on thanks for joining us cheers Ali thank you Interesting points from Ali. For me, the points that stuck out the most were, that's why I asked him about Son and Kudusevsky, because I think they are so they were so key to us at the end of 21-22. And they were so quiet in 22-23. I know Ali pointed out that we had injuries, but it's, it's all about Kane. Of course it is. He's been the focal point for five years, but I say, I say it's all about Kane. Maybe it's not anymore. Even if he does stay, Postacoglu gets everybody playing in the same way, the right way. And we could actually see so many goals from elsewhere, which other than Son, we haven't really seen f for many years. That's going to be so key. Yeah, and I think we've got really exciting rotation options as well as those two players. You know, have seen Solomon. Perisic just looks a different player in this more advanced role. So I think having all four of them offering something different games obviously you've got the nine subs in the Premier League now and you're allowed to make five mm. I think we could really change things up against tiring defences so you know squad wise looking at our bench now we've got an array of options um, that hopefully th that can really play into our favour this year Ali mentioned that he had a slow start at Celtic we talked about it just before what if we're two points from six games or whatever it is does that worry you that whilst we've seen in pre-season 
some positive signs. It's obviously a gear change from the last three managers. We all expected that and we're all delighted to see it. Do you still think it's going to take time? We can't expect us to see that go straight into Brentford. I don't think it's going to be that bad, mm. but I think you've just got to stick with it. You know, more, it's almost, this might sound silly, but the, the way we're playing is almost is almost as important as, as, the, as the points we're on. You know, we saw two years ago with Nuno, we, we were nine points from three games and it was they horrendous. Were, one, were they all 1-0? One 1-0, nil? One nil, yeah. 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 And one of them was Man City. Yeah. Look, don't get me wrong, I'd take any win on Sunday over a performance, but as long as fans have got something to get behind them. But would them, you though, that you say that, you, would you take any win over performance? Because then we've had that for five years. But, but what we've seen in pre-season, you expect the performances are, are generally yeah. going to come. And for a new manager in the Premier League, Getting that first win as quickly massive, as possible massive. is huge. It it, yeah. it it feels like the biggest first game we've had for a long, long, long time. Yeah, you uh, saw it with Poch. We started reasonably well under Poch. Was it was it West Ham West away? Ham, yeah, dire. yeah. yeah. Uh, and just on that point, we've, we've talked about the two points from six games. There's another world where if we win at Brentford, <laughs> your next two away games are Bournemouth and Brentford. Uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth and Burnley. And Burnley. Yeah. we could very quickly be on yeah. three away wins. John, yeah. don't do that. You know, you know, when we were growing up, it was you know first away win in March away to Fulham. It's a different world, yeah. you know. So there's, there's we never won at Craven Cottage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what would be your back for? Ooh. I'm going Emerson at right back. Romero. Is it too soon for VDV? Well, you, you've already said today he's throwing straight in. He's right. going in. He's going in. Yeah. And then you doji at left back. Jake. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going with that. I actually don't think he will. I've got a feeling he'll I play. think he'll go Ben You think Gentle Ben's coming in? And we'll come on to that in a second with, with, a, with a Brentford guest, but yeah. it's a worry for me if he does. But I, th- I don't know. I hope not. Listen, he's bold, Postacogli, if anything. Yeah. And he's talked about how he wanted Van der Veen for a while, so maybe he won't. What about midfield? Because we've got a lot of those at the moment. We've got a lot of them and a lot of good ones as well. Mm. I think the nailed on two are Madison and Basuma. Is Basuma nailed on? I think he is. He played 85 minutes against Barcelona. Yeah, uh, I get the impression from the him being in the first team in a few of the other preseason games that he, he will be in. Uh, I think his confidence <laughs> think is should sky be. high now. The, the, the him not starting Shakhtar threw me off slightly. We'd had a knock, apparently. Because yeah. that, that was, you know... He had had a knock, best, which might best. be why yeah, he yeah, didn't possibly. play and then did play. Uh, it's that third one. I mean, that third one is anybody's guess. We saw Saar start... Against Shakhtar, obviously, in Hoybier play. Skippy last night's got two. Lacelso's been brilliant. As well as he's done, I don't think he starts him. What, Lacelso? No. You think Lacelso's the sub for Madison? Yeah. Is it a bit bold to, to Madison, Basuma, and Lacelso? But also going on your point for last night, I think because Lacelso played last night, I think Basuma played because he'd been injured. Yeah. I think Lacelso played because he just didn't play on Sunday. Cause he I, reckon Ho- I reckon Hoybier is probably. <sighs> The safest yeah. option, just, especially just with a little bit of a lack of experience. Quickly. There's something I've really picked up pre-season is him getting into this amazing position mm-hmm. in the penalty box. We've seen it three times now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last night it was the post against Barca, but he just arrives with space. Um, and I think that could be a really interesting... He did that. Did he do it away to... Who was the team he did it in Europe? We won 5-1. Ball, Partizan Belgrade. Yeah, the ball came off the woodwork, yeah. did it? And he smashed it Oh, it, it kept in. bouncing around on the <laughs> yeah. goal line. Yeah, yeah, and he put it in. Yeah. So he can do that. He's, he's looked good pre-season. And it seems like he... There's no talk of him leaving. No, he's totally reinvented himself. Great squad player to have. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about a full Argentina international that you know would start for Argentina every time if fit. Um, so suddenly we've gone from no creative players, apart from Kane, to two in genuine in Madison and Celso. That's really yeah. exciting. It, it feels like 
we've added three as well because Basuma was a bit of a write-off last year. Yeah, so you know, in that midfield, yeah. we've added yeah. you know Madison, Basuma, and Lacelso yeah. to, yeah. to you know, yeah. that's seriously impressive depth. So I would go Basuma, Madison, and I go think on, I, say it, Skippy. I think after I, his brace. I'm not a huge. Night. I'm not his biggest fan, but I would play Skip. But I don't think he will. I think he's going to go Basuma, Hoiberg, and Madison. Yeah, for the experience. Yeah, yeah, and up front. It's Song Kuliseski and probably Kane. It is, but there's a. There what, is you think a tiny... Kane will be on the bench? <laughs> Could be on a plane, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows where he is? There's a tiny part of me that, that thinks that Perisic from the pre-season form des- oh, deserves some him. sort of involvement. He's been phenomenal in the pre-season. Do you know games. what? A point about Perisic, tactically, yesterday, could have been anyone, but it happened to be Perisic. Or maybe it's just for him. Poro, who I didn't think was great last night. Yeah, gave the ball away. He played a cross-field ball, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to play these in between yeah, the lines, even yeah. diagonally across to open up the pitch. And the next pass would have been out. Perisic was literally down Las Ramblas. He was so far on the other side of the pitch. He was on the touchline. They intercepted the ball in midfield, played it out through our left-hand channel, through Reguilón and whoever was playing there, Sanchez. Perisic did not move. And I don't think it was because... He couldn't be bothered or he was tired or he just thought he wasn't going to get there. But most professionals would try and make an effort to say, look, I tried. That for me was tactical. That is, you stand on, even when they're attacking at points, you stand 25 yards further up the pitch because when we get the ball, we are, that is the risk and reward that we are going to see. And I, for, I forgot about Perry. So he's not going to start him. I think it'll be Son, Kulusevski yeah. and Kane. But it's an option, isn't it? It's something that at least it's in the manager's mind now. But he's not going to play him as a defender. You know, Conte had him as a, a defender. Would he be happy to have this sort of role that fans want coming on in games at his age of his Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, what, what I've heard about that, and I, I did ask someone that, that knows a few bits about first team at Tottenham, they very much said that he loves it under Ange. He now well, wants to stay. Well, there was talk that he'd pull his kids out of school, and you heard the same if, about if Hoiberg. If he could stay, that yeah. could be a, that's a I, I now option. think he's going to stay. That's an outstanding option to but bring on. So who's going to go? I think Gil will go. Yeah, yeah Gil, Gil, Gil should go. I, agree. I think Gil will go. And that leaves us with Solomon, <clears throat> Kulovetsky, Sonny, Perisic. They're great options, mate. Really Talking are. of players to go, are we getting rid of the wrong centre-half? Because I thought Sanchez was decent last night. Yeah, look, for, I never saw myself... Two things. One, chanting El Patron at the top of my voice. <laughs> and two, at half-time, rummaging through my loft. There's a lot of people saying, where's the Sanchez shirt? Where's the Sanchez shirt? I did spend £85 on a Davidson Sanchez shirt about five years ago. Are you okay? Well, <laughs> a bit of money laundering. No, I shouldn't say that. As a mirror. Um, so I rummaged through my loft and found it. And then I, we were winning 2-1 when I found it. And then we lost 4-2. <laughs> Put it back in Put the it back in the loft. <laughs> you think that we should... Get rid so of both. But both should go. Both should go. Yeah. Dyer yeah. won't go. It'll probably well, end up going next year, maybe yeah. on three. It's, 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 it's best to, you know, cut ties with Sanchez, as, as good as he was against Barca. Yeah, I think, I think the good news for him is that may have impressed some clubs in La Liga, and hopefully now he can get a move to a Sevilla or a Betis or something like that instead of this nonsense with the move Moscow. to Russia. Yeah. yeah. Just, that, that's what maybe sprung him into life, the thought yeah. of going to Russia. Yeah. yeah. And just one more yeah. point uh, on, on the defenders last night. Dyer just sort of said at the start of the summer, he you know, obviously told a couple of journalists and it was briefed out, I'm staying, basically. And then that was that. Like, there was no other Tottenham will try and force him out or any clubs being linked with him. It was very much he just said he was staying and that's that. So, yeah, he is staying, basically. I think he's staying, yeah. Uh, all right, let's look one more time ahead to Sunday. Uh, we've picked our team, or we think the team's going to be. Let's talk to a man who very much knows all about the opposition. 
Delighted to be joined by Jay Harris, Brentford reporter for The Athletic. Thanks for joining us, Jay. No, my absolute pleasure. So, the sides meet again, not long after Brentford won 3-1 at Spurs in May. Uh, it's likely to be a very different Tottenham team, certainly in terms of style. But how's Brentford's pre-season been and, and how are they shaping up for the weekend? Well, they've not actually won any games in pre-season. So, if you're going off of that alone, uh, they're not in the best shape. But all jokes aside, um, obviously they went on this US preseason tour to part in the Premier League Summer Series and had the opportunity to speak to Thomas Frank after their 0-0 draw with Lille on Saturday. And he was actually overwhelmingly positive about the tour. Opportunity for Brentford to go somewhere different, train at really high-class facilities, try out a few new things in terms of tactics, which I'm sure we'll get onto. you know, integrate some of the new players, Mark Flecken being number one on that list, but also Nathan Collins. Um, so he was feeling really positive. It means the team have had a little bit of time to work out how to move on from Ivan Tony or to cope without Ivan Tony. Um, so I think they're in a pretty good place. Jay, going back to that game in May between Tottenham and Brentford, it was really was a game of two halves. We saw Tottenham dominant in the first half, create multiple and numerous opportunities. The second half, Brentford sort of changed their tactics and really targeted the sort of slower pace left-hand side of the Tottenham defence. I mean, how are they coping and how are they planning to, to come at Tottenham tactically uh, on Sunday? I think you're going to see more of the same. The way Brentford have played with Ivan Tony up front over the last three years, but especially in the Premier League, is obviously they've had David Rea, who's got this exceptional passing range, and they've kind of constantly hit the ball long. But if Thomas Frank was true to himself, that's not actually how he kind of likes to play football. He wants players to, to make those running behinds, to make those nice patterns of play. And that's something that now that Tony's going to be banned until January, I think we're going to see a little bit more of. And obviously, he was unavailable for that Tottenham game. So, Kevin Sharder, Brian Mbumo, Johan Visser, sorry to say it, but they did run right in that second <laughs> did, half. Yeah. And now that they've had a little bit more time to play together to um, work on things in pre-season, we're going to see a lot, lot more of that. Mbumo was obviously fantastic that day. Sometimes he can be a little wasteful in front of goal. I'm sure he's not going to be offended by me saying that. <laughs> I think in his first season in the Premier League, he hit the post seven times, which was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I think Kevin Sharder is the one you, you really need to look out for. He's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, joined the club on loan in January originally. And um, that deal was made permanent in, in the summer for, at the time, a club record deal. The Collins deal is now the club record. Um, but Sharder's just so rapid. It's unbelievable. But he's kind of at that stage in his career where his feet are probably a little bit too quick for his brain at the moment. And he almost needs to slow down in key positions. But... Obviously, Ben Davies's lack of pace was kind of exposed in that game and Shard is so quick. I think that's something that Tottenham re need to be really, really aware of on Sunday. In terms of Tony, 20 league goals last season, not going to have that until January. Is it a case of you can't replace those goals with one particular player and it's about spreading it around the team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 20 goals is, is a big number in any team, but that's 34% of Brentford's overall total in the Premier League last season. So when you put it like that, that's quite daunting. I think the good thing with Brentford is that they're a club that's always a couple of steps ahead. And I think the Charlotte deal is a perfect example of that. They signed him in January when they didn't necessarily need him. They gave him six months to adjust to the Premier League. And the hope is now that this season he's going to be able to contribute a lot more. You know, they signed Keen Lewis Potter from Hull City last year. You know, one of the most exciting players in the championship. I think he only played 10 times in the Premier League for Brentford, struggled with a couple of knee and ankle injuries. He's looked much fresher, much fitter, much sharper in pre-season. And so now the hope is 
And Bumo and Visser are the, the known quantities. We know they can perform at this level. We know they're good in front of goal. So you can kind of bank on them to perform for you. What Thomas Frank and what Brentford need this year is for Lewis Potter and Sharda to step up and be counted and kind of fill in for that gap where Tony's missing. Joe, you touched on uh, David Raya before, a player that Spurs wanted earlier in the window, and it seemed like they were close to agreeing personal terms at one point. Um, what sort of happened with that? And, and also, what do you make of, of the Arsenal links? Because it looks like it's going to happen. It's, it's a pretty surprising transfer. Do you think that he's going to be going to the Emirates to sit on the bench? Or you know, do you reckon he can really overtake Aaron Ramsdale? It's a really strange situation. And certainly towards the end of last season, my assumption was it looked like he was going to be a Tottenham player. It looked like he was going to be, you know, starting against Brentford this weekend. So it's really strange that he's now going to be going to the, the red half of North London. You know, Brentford made it very clear really early on that they had a price in mind for, for, for David Rea that was around £40 million. I think it's fair to say that was quite a punchy and quite an optimistic number for a player who only had a year left on his contract, um, who made it very clear that he wanted to leave. So it looks like in the end, they've kind of accepted a deal for around £30 million from Arsenal, which I think they can be pretty happy with. But in terms of, is he going there to sit on the bench? Who knows, really? It's quite strange because obviously from an Arsenal perspective, they had the situation with Ramsdale and Leno a couple of years ago. The difference then was that Ramsdale was far better with the ball at his feet than, than Leno. Rea is exceptional with the ball at his feet. I mentioned it earlier. Is he that much of an upgrade on Ramsdale? I'm not too sure if I'm being perfectly honest, but it's a lot of money to spend on what might only be a, a marginal improvement. If I was in Rea's shoes as well, I'd be asking myself, you know, I'm second or third choice goalkeeper for Spain at the moment. You've got the European Championships next summer. Which move is going to put me in the best position to be Spain's starting goalkeeper at that tournament? I think Bayern Munich might have put him in a better position, but Brentford were not going to let him go to Bayern Munich unless he renewed his contract. And obviously you run the risk that things don't work out at Bayern and you're in the exact same situation this time next summer, which I'm sure nobody wanted. So I think it was a case of, Rea already had an established relationship with Arsenal's goalkeeping coach, Nicky Kanya, who used to work at Brentford. We knew he wanted to leave. Obviously, Mikel Arteta is Spanish as well, so maybe there's a little bit of a link there. And he gets to play Champions League football. Whether he plays week in, week out, it's up to him. But it's certainly going to be interesting to see how that impacts that squad's dynamics. Do you think if a, if, if a fee wasn't an issue, he would have been open to signing for Spurs? I think so, yeah. You know, I know Spurs aren't in European competition this season, but it's an exciting project, right? This is no disrespect to Brentford, but Spurs are on a very, very different level to, to, to Brentford. Spurs are, on a, yeah, Spurs are on a very different level to Brentford. You know, playing this massive stadium, you know, historically been fighting for trophies. It was only a couple of years ago. They're in the Champions League final. OK, like I said, there's no European competition this year, but to be part of a new project under Ange Postacoglu, I think a lot of players would have been intrigued by that. But again it doesn't really matter if Rea was close to agreeing personal terms with Tottenham because it was all about if Tottenham could agree the terms with Brentford and that just never materialised. But also, Rea would have been going into Tottenham fresh. We know that this change of goalkeeper has needed to happen for a while. You know, Hugo Lloris's time is over. Whereas, as we've just alluded to, Rea's going into a very uncertain situation at Arsenal because if he doesn't ask Ramsdale right away, then he's just going to be stuck on the bench. And like I said, maybe his chances of even going to the Euros next summer are in jeopardy if that happens. Uh, Jay, just finally on this, looking forward again to Sunday. Uh, Spurs haven't won at Brentford yet, the new stadium. We talked about under Tony, without Tony, sorry, three wins in a row. 
uh, after his ban at the end of last season. How do you see Sunday panning out? Can they make it four wins uh, on the spin without Tony and, and do one against Spurs uh, at the stadium again? It's quite tricky to tell because, as I mentioned, Brentford have not won any of their games in pre-season and that's not something to be worried about. But it's more this shift from being a very pragmatic and direct style in their first two years in the Premier League and recognising that they need to evolve. So Thomas Frank's spoken towards the end of last season and after the pre-season game on Saturday about how he wants Brentford to be a bit more ball-dominant this year. So I think we may likely see Brentford take a few more risks in possession, push players further up, try to be a bit more controlling and dominant in games, and that brings with it risks. We know the threat that Tottenham pose on the counter, especially through Hung Min Son. So I think if Brentford are really trying to be brave and bold, especially at home, I could see them kind of get caught out. I think there's also a question mark about what their defence looks like. Join the club. We've seen Brentford go... <laughs> <laughs> I think we've seen um, Brentford use 4-3-3 a lot. Um, and obviously, they sometimes switch and go 3-5-2. But if just signed Nathan Collins for £23 million from Wolves, yeah. I don't know if he's ready to immediately start. Ben, me and Ethan Pinnock were a fantastic partnership towards the end of last season. So there's a few question marks which make it kind of difficult for me to say whether Brentford are going to turn up and be... 100% ready yet, if that makes sense. I think this new look Brentford without Tony and Rea will need a little bit of time to work out um, what what exactly it is they're trying to do. And so I'll just be safe and say it will be a score draw. <laughs> well, another draw between the two. I think with the new Spurs style as well, Spurs will be open. Uh, we'll try and play front foot football. Could be a very in, in, entertaining game. Uh, Jay, great to get your thoughts. Um, are you going to the game on Sunday? Will you be there? I certainly will be there, yeah. Okay, good. Well, enjoy it. Uh, may the best team win. Hopefully it's Tottenham Hotspur. But again, uh, thanks uh, thanks for coming on. Great to talk to you. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, Jay. Cheers. Great to hear from Jay. Um, like we said, not had a great record at Brentford. Um, they seem a little bit in transition. I mean, Frank's been there a while now and he's got his ideas, but like Jay said, they've lost the keeper. They've lost Tony. They're bringing in Nathan Collins at centre-half. Will he shake it up with Ben Mee and Ethan Pinnock? Um, we just don't want to get caught the same. It was so easy what they did. We went, went in 1-0 at half-time in May. He made one substitution. He bought on Damsgaard and he shuffled a little little bit around and they won 3-1, scored three almost identical goals. Yeah. We just fell apart. I know the club was was on its not on its knees is a bit harsh, but it was a mess at the time. We're not at the moment. Let's just hope we don't get caught out with the same sucker punches from Brentford because we are going to play high and they've got a lot of place, especially like Garner Wing Sharder. How do you see it panning out, Sunday? You're going? I'm going. I'm, I'm sat amongst the Brentford fans, so okay. I'll have to keep my uh, keep myself quiet. Don't wear that top. I won't wear that top. <laughs> um, no, I, I think we'll surprise Brentford actually with our pace in the team, and if we go. With the defence, we've just all said we probably will. I think Udoji being there will be massive. Yeah. Um, and I think we will counter the threats of Brentford uh, with our pace now in the side. And and I'm fairly confident about the game. I think we're going to get our first win away to Brentford since they've returned. Jake? Score draw. Score draw. Which wouldn't be a terrible result. No. At all. You know, a win would be obviously massive early on under Ange. But as I say, I, I, I'm open for everything. I, I would, I can see, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to go into most games this season expecting a lot of goals at both ends. Mm. And we'll see. It's just the, the lift off for Ange, if we could get that win, 
yeah, would massive. be in going terms, into United. Going into United, him coming over to the Spurs and doing like yeah, a massive like, exactly. bear <laughs> celebration. He does <laughs> it. He does it. Yeah, he, he does he it. Punches his chest and goes like Imagine this. that. Oh, Imagine the that. kind of euphoria and the endorphins <laughs> being released as he did that. Yeah, I'm really excited for that to happen. Look, I'm really looking forward to the season. I think I was looking forward to last season because we're obviously on the back of finishing above Arsenal. We yeah. went into that season with such high hopes. A complete false dawn. Who knows what happened? The World Cup didn't help and injuries and all this sort of stuff. Conte didn't help at all. But genuinely, I do care where we finish. But as we've said numerous times, I just want to see good football. The thing is, though, you, people say, oh, I just want to enjoy it. But you won't be enjoying it if, if we're ninth or 10th. But if you can see, it's but, his first season, if you can see a, a style developing. It feels a 14-15 kind of mindset again now. Fifth or sixth would be a really good I season, don't remember I what think. happened yesterday. You're very good with your seasons. Well, Poch's, Poch's first yeah, season, know. you know, yeah. it was a uh, have a cut run and we got to the final yeah. against Chelsea. Yeah. Three nil drubbing at Stoke. Kirik has gone, someone else sent off. Uh, uh, but but then we oh, had, you know, terrible. But, 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 which yeah. is what I think will happen this season. We beat Chelsea that season, 5-3, we beat yeah. Arsenal and we had we had some thumpings. You know, we yeah. lost quite heavily at Chelsea, we lost quite heavily at, um, at Man City and I, I think we'll have a few of those. Yeah, we, the way we've been For defending. good and the bad. We'll yeah. probably beat some big teams and we'll have some thumpings yeah. as well. Well, here we go, lads. Pre- quick prediction for Sunday. You've gone win. I've gone for a win. I'm going for a 3-1 Tottenham win. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. I'm going to go... 2-1 Spurs. Really? Um, yeah. You hate predicting this to win, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Harry Kane playing against Brentford on Sunday. Playing and scoring against Brentford. I'm sticking out of this one. Uh, gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Enjoy Sunday. Thank you. Enjoy Sunday. You'll be watching it at home or? Yeah, probably at home too. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. And uh, we will be back next week. See how we get on against Brentford and up the Spurs. <laughs>